When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Kay Murray, Ali Moreno and Chaka Hislop here to look back on a big day of action in La Liga and ahead to the West London derby as Chelsea will take on Fulham tomorrow. We'll also have more guests joining us, but we will start with the La Liga coverage. Real Madrid against Valencia at the Santiago Bernabeu. We're going to pick up the action just past the 30-minute mark. Militao would go down with injury here and had to be subbed off. Yeah, it's just adding to Real Madrid's rules. Militao right in challenge and then just seems to land awkwardly and never a good sight. Carvajal came on for him and this is when Real Madrid thought they'd gone ahead through Antonio Rudiger just before the half-time whistle. But... And then Benzema maybe, maybe makes contact with the chicken wings taken up and then Yunus Musa is already on his way down whenever there is contact with his face and the extended arm of Karim Benzema. Once they look at it in VAR, they say it's a foul. I disagree. No chance that's a foul. I know I dive when I see one. So coming into the second half, I think the best of first half to Marco Asensio, but he certainly made up for it here. Yeah. Um... Not having the best of first half is a really nice way to put it, Kate. But <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll say, Asensio redeeming himself. What a strike. That angle from behind So exactly how much movement he got on that ball. Talking about movement, Ale. Come on, Lex. Oh, lack of it. <laughs> Come on, Lex. I'm like Vinny. Come on, Lex. <laughs> speed of Vinny Jr. No speed from Gabriel. He can't get there. Good finish from Vinny Jr. Finding that far post. Marmarthas really cannot come up with a save. Oh, dance, Vinny. Get it, Vinny. Oh, and Rudiger leaves him hanging. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I wonder if Gabriel Paulista was annoyed about that. We'll find out, shall we? 57th minute. Not good news for Real Madrid. Karim Benzema mm-hmm. is going to find himself not feeling so great after this. But it's just a great block for us to start with. But then you see Karim Benzema mm. flex that right leg, hold the back of the hamstring. At this point, you're just hoping that it's not too bad. What you didn't see there is he immediately went down the stairs after Rodrigo came on. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, he had difficulties catching him on the sprint. And I got to tell you, this could have been much worse because Gabriel, while this is criminal from him, he actually doesn't catch him as good as he wants to or as cleanly as he wants to, so much so that Vini can get up and actually push Gabriel around. No doubt this is a straight red card. Gabriel Palita, see you later. Take care. Have fun going home. Well, this is how things finish. Real Madrid back to winning ways with that 2-0 win. Valencia's troubles continue at the Bernabeu on what's been a bad week for them. Here's how La Liga's standings look right now. It's five points between Real Madrid and Barcelona at the top of the table. But they certainly have cut what was an eight-point gap between the two after Barcelona's win over Betis yesterday. Luis Garcia is joining us. He's been watching this game with us too. Luis, tell us anything you want to about this game. What stood out to you? Because it's a very different first half that we saw to the second half and how things turned out. Yeah, definitely a better second half for Real Madrid that from the first minute you could see the intention, the desire, the determination to try to find that goal that wasn't conceded in, the, in that first 45 minutes. Definitely a different Real Madrid, better one. Once again, the same players uh, standing uh, forward and sh- saying here we are Real Madrid. Ceballos once again, one of the best players in the middle of the park. Amavinga, Vinicius being a threat. And it was Vinicius the one who started making a lot more danger in that left side. That goal that came from nowhere, from Asensio, I think is the, one of the best goals that we've seen uh, in Real Madrid this season. Fantastic. We all know how good he is with that left foot. We've seen scoring goals, but have a look to that strike, how the ball goes in and out. So no chance for uh, Mamardas Billy in that chance. And from that moment on, Real Madrid just got the confidence that they needed. They got the patience that they needed. And, well, it was about time to score the second one. And we could see even the third one, the fourth. And, of course, we have to also mention that 
bad attitude from Gabriel Jesus trying to catch Vinicius Junior that I think is quite uh, a regular challenge, very ugly that we would like to see on the beach. Let's go to Marco Asensio then, mm. shall we? Because as we said, OK, I put it politely. It wasn't his best first half. <laughs> no. We even wondered how long he'd be on for the second mm. half, Ale. Little does Marco Asensio know that there was already movement going on, going on in the bench for Real Madrid. There, there was already some conversation and Carlo Ancelotti and his son. And there, there was some shuffling going on in that, in that bench. You know what the shuffling is? Marco Asensio was coming out the field. It's what was going to happen. And then he does this. And this is special from Marco Asensio. We don't always see it, but when he hits it like that, you think, man, this guy is something else. The defending from Valencia, you see some of the difficulties that they have. That Hugo Guillamón, that's not defending. That's not closing down the space. And you want to see more poor defending? Come on, Gabriel. Come on, Lex. Come on. There's no cover from behind Gabriel. Nothing that Gabriel can do to keep up with Vinny Jr. Give credit to Marco Asensio. Give credit to Vinny Jr. Give credit to Real Madrid. That this game could have gotten out of control. And yet they were able to bring quality when they needed it and create enough momentum in the second half. After that, it got comfortable. Two nothing. No drama. No stress. Nothing to see here. Uh, but the stress will be that Kareem yeah. Benzema has had to go off yep. injured here. And it's not something Carlo Ancelotti is wanting to be dealing with. He's already had this merry-go-round of injuries and now his star player as well. A star player in, in, in every single re uh, regard. Real Madrid weren't great in the first half. Probably the only player um, who, who can make a claim as to having carried, carried their weight was, was Kareem Benzema, who, I, again, I thought was outstanding. Real Madrid's final ball and, and finishing let down down, particularly in that first 45. I'm, I'm being kind to, to, uh, to Courtois and Real Madrid defensively because let's be honest, Valencia just didn't offer anything. But given how important Karim Benzema has been for Real Madrid all of last season, all of this season, in this game today, not having him available with Champions League just around the corner is a huge concern for Carlo Ancelotti and, and, and Real Madrid. He is at the front of everything that they do and doing well. Him missing uh, uh, is, is as irreplaceable as, as it comes at this level of the game. If Carlo Ancelotti were given the choice of protecting one player mm. from the whole squad, from any, everybody that he has available, and they say, Carlo, you can only protect one player, one player that will not get injured throughout the course of the season, that's your guy. It would be, without a doubt, Karim Benzema. He is the one player that, as Shaka just described, is irreplaceable for Real Madrid. And so, it is difficult to see how this team evolves without Karim Benzema on the field. He is the focal point. He gives outlets. He gives passes. He gives movement of the ball. He gives movement with the ball. And more importantly, gives his team goals. So it is a concern. So when I said earlier, no drama, no drama regarding this game. But from here on out, Drama, because not only Karim Benzema, it's also Eder Militao and how good he has been defensively for this team. So one of your leaders, in fact, your leader in the attacking half, and one of the guys who has been the most consistent performer in the back line, also out. Big question for Real Madrid. Uh, big questions of Gabriel Paulista's actions in this mm. and that foul on Vinny Jr. that ended up seeing red. Just taking a look back at that. I mean, what was he thinking, Luis? <laughs> frustration from the whole situation he just blew up in his head I think he lost the plot in that uh, moment because he couldn't stop it in any moment he knew that he was gonna uh, find again that space that Vinicius was going to use and he just tried I think he, even in the last moment he wanted to control because he doesn't catch it the, the best the best way he wanted to kind of hurt Vinicius Junior but again I think it's just because of that kind of frustration that all the club all the players are at the moment and then Luis you think about it behind the scenes what's going on at Valencia that's got to be playing into these players heads because it's not an easy time for everybody right now of course, it's a very bad uh, moment for uh, all of them. You could see in the moment that they concede the first goal, because in the first half, I think that Valencia was disciplined, was organized, and I think they kept the composure for most of the time. In the second half, when they tried to open a little bit, you could see when they concede that goal, uh, the body language saying that, um, once again, we are here again, we, have, we are not going to get out of this situation, and it's going to 
cause them maybe uh, to go relegated. They are only one point away, and the way that they are playing at the moment, the way that you see that they don't have maybe players to f- capitalize chances up front. You could see a team that is struggling to go- to get goals. They just see the bottom. They just see the bottom of the table because they cannot even think about trying to reach uh, one of the play the, one of the teams that they go uh, above for them. While you're here, Louis, oh, sorry, quickly. I, I, I was just going to say that a little detail about the play from uh, Vinicius is that he jumps ahead of the challenge. He's right. anticipating the challenge is coming. Yeah. Jumps, and that's what allows him to get away with it, that he doesn't get caught as cleanly as Gabriel wanted to catch him. So we've got Luis Garcia here, which is why we're showing you Liverpool against Real Madrid. That's coming up on Tuesday, February 21st in the round of 16 in the Champions League. Liverpool, the beaten finalists last season in the Champions League to Real Madrid. Just thought I'd bring that one back up there for you, Luis. Do you think that Liverpool might pull off a surprise or can they in this one? Yes, of course they can. I mean, I know that Liverpool is uh, in a very bad moment, uh, or very bad momentum. Uh, they are trying to bring on uh, the players who have been injured. Uh, they cannot catch kind of a, a good situation in, in the Premier League. But Champions League is totally different. I understand that when you play against Real Madrid, uh, at the Bernabeu is always a, a very difficult team. If you see, if you follow how Real Madrid has been played, kind of you think that both teams are not in the best shape in the past few years. But definitely in this kind of situation, I favor it a little bit Real Madrid because they have that uh, mentality, that uh, competitiveness that they always show in the big moments. So uh, I think that at the moment I will say that it's 60-40 for uh, Real Madrid. And that's a big say coming from me. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know what's happening today. I, I really don't. I'm going to agree with Luis. (laughs) Yes, I I don't like it, but I'm going to agree with Luis, right? I don't know what's happening, and I'm just going to roll with it. Real Madrid in Champions League is a different animal altogether. And while we may say from watching Real Madrid that they look vulnerable, and at times they do, and you see the injuries and you get concerned, you think to yourself, I don't know, I don't know. But just as I'm telling myself that, I watch Liverpool play and I go, I don't know. I really don't know about that team. So if I have doubts from both, then I have to go with the team that I trust the most in this sort of environment. I'm going to go with Real Madrid. Shaka, how are you feeling about it? Similarly, neither of these teams are are in the best of form. I think Real Madrid are are playing better football between the two where Real Madrid have been frustrated is teams sitting deep and looking at them on the break. Are Liverpool that team up? Can Liverpool be that team? And, and I phrase it that way because we're not quite sure who Liverpool are this season, just, just in general, um, how, how they're at their best. So how does Klopp set them up against, against Real Madrid? We wait to see. The only caveat, if you're a Liverpool fan, is do you think that Liverpool have saved some of their best football for the Champions League this season? But everything else we've seen from them other has not been good, not even a little bit. We've heard some interesting quotes from Darwin Nunez recently in an interview about the transition to the Premier League. He said, I didn't expect the Premier League to be so strong. Nico Otamendi told me that, but I still didn't expect it. The football is more difficult than in Portugal and more competitive. You don't get much time. Klopp knows my strength is my speed, running into space. Also, he tells me that I need to be more calm when I'm playing and that I need to move more. He tells me I'm a player with a lot of quality, so that's more or less what he wants from me. And, of course, that I score goals. I don't think I'm playing well at the moment. I still have many things to work on, for example, my finishing. But I think the same thing is happening to me as happened to Luis Suarez. In his second year, he tore it up. Something similar happened to me already at Benfica. The first year went very badly for me, and in the second, I exploded. Luis, your reaction to what Nunez has said here? I totally agree with him. I think that uh, when you arrived to Premier League, it kind of shocked you. And I think that he wasn't expecting that it was going to be so complicated. When he received the ball, he's always someone on team. Players are very fast, very strong. So it's not going to be easy to uh, impose your physical condition against them. You need to find the rhythm of how Liverpool play. That is a very high intensity. So you need to know when to run, where to run. And he need to adapt to a, a different team. So there is a lot of things that he needs to continue working. But I also agree with him on 
he can become one of the best striking in Premier League because all those attributes that the big players ha- uh, need, he has it. He's strong, he's very good in the air, he's, he's got a good finish, even though, they, of course, he needs to continue working. But the most important is that strength. When he's got a full speed, that power that he's got on these footballs, on today's football, is very important, and he's got it. So he needs to continue adapting, he needs to continue working, but definitely I think that it will work for Liverpool having him on the line. Ale? The thing that I disagree with uh, in Darwin Nunez is, is him sort of kind of presenting the idea as if he has uh, had a terrible season. And he hasn't. Look, he hasn't been outstanding and as productive as, as he would have wanted to be. But when you look at Liverpool and the attacking players, they are a different team when he's on the field because he does give them that mobility. He does give them that, that speed in behind. And it's a guy that is always active and is difficult to defend. Now, the final touch hasn't always been there. But I think in evaluating uh, Darwin Nunez, in the total picture of it all, I, I, I don't see this as a terrible season for him or a bad season for that matter. Now, the expectations were something different, and so therefore everybody wants him to score a hat trick every game. That's not going to happen. I do appreciate the introspective look of Darwin Nunez, in which he's seen everything and saying everything that he's feeling about his experience. So that means that he's thinking about it, that means that he's processing the information, and that he is willing to then do the things that he needs to do in order to adjust whenever he has the time to then get all this information together, get into the offseason and say, all right, these are the things that didn't work for me. I know this, and I can work towards a goal, a goal that can be attainable for me. Again, the introspective look, I think, is important for every player, and he has done a good job of providing us with that information. Yeah, and we'll see if there could be some big changing moment for him in the Champions League that is upcoming when Liverpool take on Real Madrid. Uh, Milan take on Tottenham on February 14th when it returns. At least Spurs can feel better about themselves when they see Milan's recent form. Anyway, PSG against Bayern Munich. Interesting due to some recent news here. First leg is at PSG, Mm -hmm. but Kylian Mbappe will miss that first leg with a thigh injury that he picked up in the win against Montpellier. PSG have announced that he will miss three weeks. Bayern are already big favourites before this happens. Well, let's say favourites, obviously, remember, they did beat them in the final just a couple of years back, so obviously that's going to give them a bit of a boost going into this one. But Julien Laurent is with us now to tell us how this has gone down in Paris. Tell us more, Jules. Hi guys, yeah, it was very badly of course yesterday when he got injured and seeing his face when he came off the pitch and then when he left the dressing room and the stadium to go on to the the team bus to go back to the airport and, and to fly back home to Paris, you could see on his face that he knew already even before the, the exams and the, the scans that he had this morning on Thursday morning uh, at the hospital that things were, something was wrong and, and we, we had confirmation once the, 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 the scans were made and once we knew what he had exactly, the hamstring problem, three weeks. And even if he comes back a little bit before, there's, the game is in 12 days now, so it's not going to happen. He's also going to miss the trip to Monaco in the league, the trip to Marseille in the French Cup, so some huge games. And, and this is not, I mean, pretty much every year PSG have bad injuries at the wrong time, especially when they play those big Champions League matches. But this one is one that is going to hurt the team massively. Definitely going to hurt the team massively. Shaka, if there was a silver lining, could you say at least he may be back for the second leg away from home when he could be more important? Yeah, you, you, you have to take that, that at least he'll be available for, for, for that. But losing a player like Kylian Mbappe is a blow. Regardless of who, who you, can, you can call on, regardless of the fact that you've got Neymar and, and Lionel Messi back playing at, at his best uh, available to you. Neymar and uh, Mbappe adds... Pace, he has penetration to a front three. He has an understanding with the other, the other two that PSG have to rely on. That worries every single team you come up against. Not having to deal with that pace allows Bayern to make certain adjustments that may, may suit them or certainly may suit them, may suit them better. That, that's a blow. Um, you, you take the fact that at least he's available or may be available for, for the second leg. But you want to have all of your big players available to you for all of your big games. You especially want to have Kylian Mbappe, don't you, Luis? Of course. He's a special player. He's a unique player. And when the big games arrive, these are the players who likes to uh, make a step forward, who likes to have the ball, who likes to uh, make the difference. And Mbappe is no different. I think he's a unique player. And 
as uh, Shaka just mentioned, uh, uh, any kind of uh, team, any team there in the world, if you have a player like him, you're going to miss him. Are PSG worried about Neymar's ankle, Jules? Yes, as well, Neymar's ankle, uh, Kimpembe's leg, Sergio Ramos' groin, and the list goes on. It's not, it's not a good time. They're not playing well. They won against Montpellier even without Kylian. They're just not playing well. Everybody has issues. I mean, Messi is recovering his best form, but that was always going to take a bit of time after the World Cup at his age, uh, and especially to try to be as good as he was in the first half of the season. So there's, there's a lot of worries, I think, to have all around. And, even if Bayern are not in great form right now, although they won in the, in the, in the German Cup yesterday against Mainz, they still they haven't been great in the league so far with the three draws since the restart. It's still, it's still not ideal for PSG really to be in that kind of form with those kind of players missing or doubtful, let's put it, for Neymar and Sergio Ramos and Kimpembe uh, before playing those two games against a team that can, can raise the level really when they play against PSG. No, they haven't been great, Bayern, of mm. late. With that in mind and with Kylian Mbappe out of this first leg, who mm. have you got going through? Right, so yesterday I said, I'm going to take PSG. Now, in retrospect, already <laughs> listening to all the things that everybody is saying, one would argue and suggest that maybe I should change my mind. Already, when I go home, one of the things that gets thrown in my face all the time is that I'm very stubborn. Right? <laughs> I'm not changing my mind. I'm staying with PSG. <laughs> Look, Bayern Munich are not playing all that well themselves. And while uh, there are questions about PSG, yes, I will be stubborn. I'm going to go with PSG. And yes, my wife is correct. I am stubborn. But that felt like, uh, like a Darwin Nunez-esque kind of soul-searching yeah, going on there. introspection. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. See, I'm going to bring a better version of myself when I go home. Oh, oh, yes. okay. okay. Um, um, we also won't bring up changing your mind about World Cup. Just move on, okay, move on, okay, move on. You're that's, definitely that's, not stubborn. One, one player who won't be playing in any more World Cups is Rafael Varane. He has retired from international duty after 93 caps for France, winning the World Cup in 2018. It means his last game is that World Cup final against Argentina. Is this something of a sudden and surprise decision, Jules. Why now? No, not really, Kay. I mean, he's mentioned it to the people around him. We'd heard rumours that he was certainly considering his future on the international scene, so didn't really come as a surprise today. He, I mean, fitness-wise already, he's, he's 29, he would turn 30 this year, uh, but, but he hasn't been the fittest really, and I think going away on the international break, the big competition uh, was for his body was 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 heavy. Was an extra you know loads of work, of course. He's trying to miss his family much more maybe than when he was 25, 24, 23, and the two children that he has as well now. He also wanted to focus on his on his club career for the last few years of his career, which I think makes sense. And I think the defeat against Argentina hurt him. The the retirement, the international retirement from Miguel Lloris, his his best mate, uh, hurt him as well. And I think he was feeling that maybe this was the um, the right time after 93 caps, after winning the, the World Cup, of course, in 2018, the Nations League. All those caps under the same head coach, of course, Didier Deschamps. So I think there was a, a lot going on. He could have stayed a little bit longer, maybe again, until the Euros. But he felt that it was the right time to call it there. So it felt the right time, actually perfect timing, you could say, for us to ask you, Jules, who the top five centre-backs in French history are. Take it away. Yeah, so before I said that, Lyon Thuram, because he played most, most of his time for France as a right-back, was not considered as a centre-back, so I went with Maxime Bossis, who was a wonderful player, defender, very elegant, very classy, and number five, number four, Marius Trésor. Of course, in the 80s, if you remember, maybe the best defender. Uh, what, I mean, especially in early 80s, he was wonderful. And then we go maybe to more of the, the known names, uh, Laurent Blanc as number three, and Marcel Desailly as number two for what they did for France, but also at club level and, and how good they were, one with the ball, the other one very defensively. And then Rafa as my number one because of everything that he won with Real Madrid and with France. The player that he was, I think when he was fully fit, there was no better defender, centre-back than him, really, maybe in the world. He was in the top five easily. Uh, wide leader as well, he was so elegant, such a nice guy. So I think he deserves to be the number one. Mm. Luis Garcia, do you agree with this? Rafael Varane, number one on this list. I mean, I'm not going to fight with, uh, with Jules because, of course, he knows the, the full history of every <laughs> one of them. I can fool there. I can 
appreciate some others, but for me, uh, Laurent Blanc is one of my uh, the players that I follow when I was growing up. I enjoy watching him uh, play for Barcelona as well. The way that he played from the back, that experience, that quality. I think it should be a little bit higher, but again, I mean, the rest of them, they are amazing players, uh, legends of the of this sport. Marcel Desali, I think it was massive. I would say even Desali, I enjoy watching them when he used to play also as a holding midfielder. And what can I say about Rafael Varane? Eh? Because I cannot talk much about Marius Dresser and Maxime Bosses because I didn't watch him uh, much, so... Yeah, I think you Jules know perfectly what is he talking about. Shaka, Varane and Desai in front of you. You all right with that? Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm confident I could keep a clean sheet or two <laughs> with those two. Um, I mean, listen, for, for me, I, I thought Desai was the best defender I'd see. And, and I'd have him top of, top of any list. And so while Jules goes with Varane, I respectfully disagree. Now, uh, omitted in this list is none other than no ego himself. Frank Lebo. Yeah. I mean. Number one in our hearts. Yes, that is a crime Number in this show. Number one in our hearts, <laughs> Frank It Lebeuf. is a crime in this show that Frank Lebeuf is not included in the list. I am sure that you'll be getting a message soon. I can't believe you, Jules. I cannot believe you, Jules. Absolutely wow. no need for that. What? None. Uh, Unnecessary. None no, it's no just... sentiment. I could not make any sentiment. You know, I had to, uh, you know, this is my job here. Like, hey, no, I don't know about that, Jules. One of your arguments about Rafael Varane is he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Like a lot of other things, you know. <laughs> you can hear more from Jules on the Gabba Jules podcast. That's out twice a week. Wherever you do get your podcast, you'll always be able to hear the guys talking about football. And of course, if you're watching on video, you can see what Jules is wearing today. Okay. Oh, okay. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Friday brings with it a West London derby in the Premier League. It is seventh place Fulham taking on Chelsea. Two points behind them as it stands right now. But the big story, what a winter transfer window it has been for Chelsea. Registering a net spend of 317 million euros. Capped off off with that last minute signing of Enzo Fernandez for 121 million from Benfica. So ahead of the game, Graham Potter was asked about the pressure after what's been a club record spending window. The challenge is the, the right word, but I'm certainly not complaining about it. I mean, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's um, a test for, for me, of course, and for the staff and, and for everybody, and, but it's an exciting one. There's going to be a few awkward questions. That's, that's the reality of where, we're, where, where we are, a few awkward conversations, because um, only 11 can play. Only a certain amount can be in, in squads, so there's always going to be ones that will be disappointed. And it's about being as honest and open and um, respectful uh, uh, and transparent as you, as you as you can. I think everybody that's been in this room for the last four months, the word that we've always spoke about is pressure. So uh, that's not going to change. Um, clearly, if you spend money, that the, the, the external noise goes up. Again, I, I, I understand that. 
Um, I've also said resources is one thing and spending money is one thing, but you need to be able to align them, you need to be able to make the right decisions, you need to be able to provide a, a culture, a team, an environment, because it's not the amount that you spend on its own that gets success. I think it's more than that. So, Luis, on the one hand, you have all this pressure because of the money that's been spent. But on the other hand, you've got these very expensive, very talented players coming in to help your team out. Which way do you look at it? I look excited about what I got right now in my hands. Of course, the pressure is going to be always part of the, of the game, always on the, on the side of the players and on the side of the manager. Everybody's going to feel that pressure. It doesn't matter if you have spent 300 million or if you are almost getting relegate, close to relegate. So at the end, the pressure is going to be always there. If you got tools, if you got argument, you got talent, it's a lot easier to manage that kind of pressure. So I'm sure that he's excited to uh, work with all this amount of amazing players and try to close the gap that is not going to be easy definitely and try to get in that top four that is far away 10 points far away so a lot of work to, to be done there because as uh, he mentioned you only can play with 11 players and we've seen Manchester City fail when it matters we've seen Paris Saint-Germain fail when it matters and all those teams they are also fantastic fantastic and amazing players so we'll see how he can manage and, and rotate to use the best and take the best of these players uh, to, for the team. Because that's a big added part, isn't it? There's all this money that's been spent on these players who are going to expect mm-hmm. to play, so he's got to get his management just right now with this team. Shepard. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, Graham Potter addressed that, saying all he can do is be open and transparent with those players. And, and he's absolutely right. All you can do is explain to, to those players your thinking, why maybe they're being left out, why maybe they're playing in a, in a different position. He's going to have to have a lot of conversations, Shaq. Which I'm, I'm getting. <laughs> and that's fine. And while you prefer to have... While you prefer to have this kind of quality available to you than not, it's only so open and transparent you can be. <laughs> and, and saying to somebody, listen, you're not in my starting life, no, you're not in my traveling squad, or only for so long before even the best of intentions somehow get, get, turned, get, get turned into outright anger from, from some of these players. So while... Again, I, I sympathize with the position that he's been put in and he's trying to put a positive spin on it and he's saying all the right things. We cannot deny that. This is a headache just waiting to happen that I, I, I don't think any manager signs up for. See, while it's actually exciting for those of us watching from the outside, it's not only exciting to see what the starting 11 is going to be now... We have to have a discussion as to who's in the squad for the game. Yeah. Huh? These are big decisions now for Grand Potter. And finding the balance of this team, and this is something that we talk about all the time, how the pieces fit together. You can only have that happening when you're able to find consistency on the field. You want to see the pieces come together because on the field you are seeing that this team can work well, that these pieces do work well, that these players have an understanding. And how do you develop an understanding? By being on the field together. And how do you do that when you have this many guys that you have to keep happy? Look, I suppose it's a good problem to have that you have a whole lot of talent on on the team and many options. But man, it's going to be tricky to deal with all of this. Jules, can Enzo Fernandez play tomorrow? Could we see that? Yeah, he's been registered. He trained today. I was told he's available for selection, so he's down to Potter to to pick him or not. We know that Zakaria, for example, is is out injured. We know that Angolo Conte obviously has been out for a long time, but so Jorginho is gone. So there's not many. To be fair, there's not many options in midfield uh, for Potter. So you would think that Enzo would start. Tomorrow, uh, and and then we see, like Ali said, in, in what system, how, who plays next to him. We know that this is also very important. We know that he played with Argentina in a different at the World Cup in a different way that he played with Benfica in a, in a double pivot with Florentino Luis, who was a very defensive-minded midfielder. Next to him, they don't have someone like Florentino Luis at Chelsea right now in the squad. They can play with the midfield three like he did with Germany, with with, uh, with Argentina, sorry, and be the holding player. But I think you still lose a lot of what his talent is which is you know the kind of basically doing everything on the pitch from midfield so it'd be fascinating to see what Potter does and and just last thing on Potter this is all new to him it's, this is not something that he's been used to before he never had that many signing outs to soon as Swansea or at Brighton 
And I mean, seven new players in three weeks like that is, is crazy. And yet he was struggling already with the squad that he had before to find the right formula. And they've been, they've been struggling all season. Now he's got even more talent, more players, a bigger squad. Uh, and, and finding still the right formula and the right options. This, he will have to learn very quickly and make the right calls very quickly. Well, he's probably happy about it. But I'll tell you who isn't happy about the club spending is the hierarchy in La Liga. Oh. Here's what Chief Corporate Officer Javier Gomez had to say he said the reality is that at la liga we want clubs to spend what they can afford and generate themselves that is to say their own revenues the premier league are quote doping the clubs they're injecting money not generated by the club for it to spend we are demanding that uefa implement a new econ economic regulation that prevents the shareholder of a club from putting in more than a certain amount and that it enforces the rule and sanctions non-compliant clubs. Can you fact-check this for us, Jules? Yeah, I mean, it's partly true and partly not true because, you know, a lot of the Premier League clubs have huge revenues, which La Liga know, everybody knows, the TV money in, in the UK, is, uh, in England, sorry, is far bigger than everybody else. I mean, basically, just, just to sum it up, or to round it up, they get 10 billion. 10 billion pounds for their TV rights, domestically and on the international scene. This is, I mean, this is mind-blowing. If you compare it with the other leagues, it's like, it's like you put all the other, the four big leagues together and the Premier League still gets more just for themselves. So the money, the revenues are not so much a problem. Yes, yeah, some English clubs lose money, but they are debts that they can they control more or less. Um, and a lot of the investment, by the way, are not coming from rich owners who pump their own money into the clubs. Um, so yeah, what Chelsea are doing, but again, they, this response from La Liga and what Javier Tebas also said that they're cheating, it's also in the, because of what Chelsea have been doing this, 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 this January transfer window, but they, they are an exception. They are really an exception. If you look at Arsenal or Manchester United or Manchester City, even, you know, this is not Chelsea. Have, they, they have the new owners who have this idea in mind and they've spent massive amount of money, which they say they're going to recoup and the revenue are going to be higher, all of that. So they've got a plan. Uh, and La Liga can't make, uh, you know, uh, of an exemption, something, something more global for all English clubs in this general transfer window, because this would not be true. Has there been a lot of talk about this in Spain, Luis, and La Liga's side of things as to what Chelsea are actually doing and spending? Yes, of course, at the end, La Liga has been trying to implement a, a way of doing the things with the economic uh, fair, uh, fair play here in, in Spain. And economics seems that they can help every single team trying to share all the amount from uh, revenues uh, around the world to almost share it equally in all the teams to try to make uh, the, uh, La Liga very competitive. And of course, when you have a look to one of the leagues or one of the best leagues in the world and you see that a team uh, spent 300 million, something that no one in Spain, not even putting all the teams together, is right there. It's difficult to, to understand. But it's true that we've seen that before with Chelsea, with Avarovic, with PSG, with Nasser, with Manchester City, when new owners arrive and put a lot of money. So uh, if they are doing something wrong, I'm sure that FIFA will have an eye on them because they've done it before and they will also pay attention to that. If they can do it like this and they've done it like like this is because the, the economic system that they have in the team uh, in the club is working perfectly so uh, if not we'll see what happened or we've seen what happened in, in Italy uh, a few years back when suddenly the, um, uh, the competition just blew up and all the teams uh, lost almost uh, everything that they had so we'll see what happened but it looks like uh, Premier League continue getting better and better and stronger and stronger and we'll see what happens with Chelsea when they do take on Fulham in the Premier League on Friday we'll be looking back on that game on tomorrow's show make sure you join us then and every single day on ESPN FC Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Earlier on on Thursday, Real Madrid beat Valencia 2-0 with second-half goals from both Marco Asensio and Vinny Jr. Alexis Nunes was at the game, pitch side for us. She did catch up with Carlo Ancelotti after it. But first, let's hear what Eunice Musa had to say. All right, Eunice, second time in almost two months that you're going up against Real Madrid. Of course, last time you pushed them to the brink in yeah, the Supercopa. Yeah, yeah. Today, we knew at the Bernabeu was going to be tough. But thoughts on the overall game? Yeah, no, I felt like in the first half, um, we closed them down well. We forced them to keep playing wide. And, you know, we closed them down well. And, um, yeah, we knew how to suffer, you know, against these guys. And, and then we came in the second half and we started a bit slow. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, he scored a great goal. And, um, yeah, there wasn't much you could do about that. But I felt like, overall, the team um, had the great intention today, great intensity, that we, we made it difficult for them. Mm -hmm. Well, you said you knew that you guys had to suffer, but I think you yeah. made them suffer there when Rudiger's goal was called yeah, yeah, yeah. off. Um, of course, Benzema looked quite uh, upset afterwards. Yeah. But what was it from your perspective? What did you feel? Of that goal? Yeah. Oh, um, no, it was, um, it was a moment in the set piece that I was, uh, I was trying to mark him as a man, obviously, and then um, he, got, he got a bit upset and gave him an elbow. And, you know, with the VAR, you have to, um, you have to go and check it. So that's part of the game now, and uh, you have to use it to advantage. And I know it's been a tough week, of course, um, yeah, yeah. for Valencia. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, of course, at the highest mm. level, which is out of your hands. You can only go on the pitch yeah. and do what you can. But just how do you put that behind you now and try and move forward? Because yeah, exactly. the last thing you want is a relegation battle, Exa right? Exactly, exactly. So we have to take the positives out of the game and then obviously watch the video now and um, correct the little details. And uh, no, as a team, I feel like, you know, this is a moment where we're together. Um, in the changing room right now, we're very together. Like We're very raring to go. We know that we've got a few games to go. And, um, you know, we've got a game like this weekend straight away, so there's no time to sulk. Um, we're ready to battle again. And, yeah, the team's trying to do their best now. So, yeah, we're going to go out there and do our best again. And, like, the team's very mo motivated to, to do this, you know. I feel like we're capable and we trust each other. You know, it's always great to talk to you. All the best Thanks. for the next one. I appreciate it. <laughs> Carlo, congratulations. A win at home. I know that was important after the result at the weekend. It was a tale of two different halves once again. Um, happy with the overall performance or do you want to see more dominance in the first half? No, I'm happy also. The first half was not, uh, not perfect, but I think we had a good control. We were not so, so far. We didn't put a lot of energy because it's quite difficult to put a lot of energy from the beginning. We have a lot of game too much and... And so the second half, uh, much, much intensity. And then, of course, it could have been 3-0. Was it a bit harsh to rule, out, to rule out Rudiger's goal? Hard to understand, but happened. It happens, of course. And then we saw, unfortunately, we don't want to talk about more injuries for Real Madrid. I know we've been talking about that. We saw Karim go off as well and Eder. Um, you know, when you think of these two players, people say they're irreplaceable. So how big of a concern is that for you? We have uh, injuries because it's normal to have injuries in this period because the players are tired and they have no time to recover and so to have injuries is normal. The squad is uh, good enough, I think, to replace and, uh, and look forward for the next game that is not so far. And finally, uh, Vinny Jr., 200 appearances for Real Madrid and he scored. How special is he and how much do you enjoy working with one, him? One of the best players in the world and, and he's still young and he can improve a lot. Perfect, Carletto. Thank, Thank you so you. much.
I'm not sure who's more relaxed, Angelosi or Shaka Hislop. Right. Anyway, this is La Liga's <laughs> upcoming schedule <laughs> for you. Friday, no all the way through. <laughs> Real Madrid will be back in action on Sunday morning against Mallorca. Barcelona taking on Sevilla on Sunday. Feature game there, 2.30pm Eastern. Our coverage will begin. Meanwhile, Juventus march on to the final four of the Coppa Italia, where they will face the holders Inter at San Siro. In the other semi-final, maybe a bit more unlikely than some might have expected, Clemonese taking on Fiorentina. The final will be May 24th. The real question is, how does this affect Chaka's power rankings? Because they are back, and we know that's why you're all tuning in today. Well, worth the wait. Let me tell you something. Well, you get you get a bonus for your money. Newcastle and Manchester United, even at three, both at 39 points, both through to the Carabao Cup final. I couldn't separate them, so they're in at 10. Marseille are in at nine. They're second in, in Liga, but nine wins, one draw in the last 10. Leipzig, they're... What is it? What is it? Third in the league. So you don't know. Um, no, I, 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 you don't know. I have to do a double take. Yeah. I take a third in the league, but just two points back of Bayern. <laughs> Haven't lost in September. Benfica running away with it in Portugal. Galatasaray similarly in Turkey. It's have been good. Inter have, Inter have only lost one since November, I think it is, and they're their fifth. Hang on. City fourth, Barcelona third. Hang on. Arsenal. No, we, we, let me finish. Napoli for what do you want to say, Kay? How how can you have Newcastle slash Manchester United yeah. in at ten? It's a bonus. No. Everybody have been <laughs> no. everybody's been waiting so long for the power rankings no. that you get a bonus team in there. No. Shaka, it is your job, by definition, to be able to separate the I couldn't, teams. I couldn't, I couldn't. One has to be in, the other one has to be out. And, mind you, some friendly fire. You drop Buffon. Yeah. Uh-huh, what happened? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Gigi. Uh-huh. I, just, I just couldn't. What do you mean you couldn't? I just couldn't keep your head, Gigi. <laughs> it's, it was a good one-week run. I couldn't separate Newcastle. Two weeks, because last week you didn't do power rankings. No, well. There's a difference. At least he put two teams in together. Like, Jules outright just ignored Frank Leboff earlier when we asked him his top five centre-backs. Everybody likes a little bonus. Well, this is cheating, isn't it, Jules? That's just a bonus. You can't separate them. It's a draw. No, 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 no. Listen, if I put... Marius Trezor slash Frank Leboeuf, you would have shouted at me because it's not a top five. A top five can only have five players, not six. A top ten power ranking only has ten teams, not eleven. I mean, why is this? When producer Pete sent me the message, I was like, hang on, there's there's one too many. This is not acceptable. Our, our audience is going to go mad about that. And by the way, Marseille are too low. Inter Milan lost a week ago to Empoli at the San Siro. They should never be so high. So once again, you haven't disappointed in the mess that this power ranking are. Uh, and there you go. Uh, Louise, have you had the, there you go. Have you had the pleasure of being on a power rankings with Shaka Hislop? Yeah, yeah, and I try to agree the most of the time, but I always find a way to disagree. And I think, again, Newcastle, far away, they've been in Champions League for almost the rest of the season, a team that he was built to maybe hanging on the middle of the, of the table. And you're going to compare it with Man United, that is a team that he should be winning the, tro- the trophy. Sorry, but I have to disagree there. I'm, I'm, that's your algorithm. I'm going to drop Jules and... Luis, that's who's, that's who's getting cut next week. <laughs> that's what's we happening. Bayern Munich uh, style of teams, but, but no analysts. That's what we're going for. Last week you said that the horoscope wasn't aligning for you. Mm-hmm. What is the excuse this week? No excuse. I, I, that's some of my best work. <laughs> this this was some of your best. Some work? Of best work. <laughs> the bar is very low. So check the power rankings for 2023. Now would appear to be a top 11. We'll see yeah. if he's going to be more decisive when he answers your questions on the latest. Buy 10, get one free. <laughs> extra time. This is how he does his show. Yeah. Today with extra time over on our YouTube page. Look, there's that fantastic centre-back from ah, yeah. Frank LeBron. just did a top six. Historically good centre-back. Tired of ads interrupting your favourite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Sorry, Josh, I had to balance out the numbers. Hey, those, those two teams are drawing in my power rankings. Yes, they are. They're both in the number 10. And they're going to share the trophy, according <laughs> yeah. to the power rankings. Caroline well, everybody gets a medal. They're, they're playing to decide who's in the power yeah, rankings. Yeah. Never mind the Carabao Cup. It's who gets to stay in the rankings is all at stake. Orange right, slices listen. and juice boxes. Meanwhile, everybody gets a trophy. I'll tell you who's really enjoying his retirement is Gareth Bale. Oh, Here he is oh. at the AT&T Pro-Am at Pebble Beach okay. today. All right. He's had enough practice. Gareth Bale has made the journey over to the U.S. We're glad to have you here, Gareth. Newly retired Gareth Bale. Retired at 33. What are you going to do with yourself? Nothing. <laughs> mm. Oh, hey, that's, hey, that's, that's clean. That, 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 that's a good that kind of looked like my swing. Hey. Hey, that's a swing that has practice. Oh, oh. That's a, there has been practice in this swing. Oh. There's been commitment in this swing. Is that Gareth? Oh. Look very familiar. Yeah. Well. I'm not sure about the man bun sticking out the back of the cap, but all right. I, I, that's all right. Hey, I, you know me and man bun. Let, I don't. Well, but let me tell you something. There's, there's been some time behind that swing. Huh? It's lucky. The sort of commitment. Lucky. What do you mean, lucky? That was lucky. That was really good. That was a lot of practice. I like that, Gareth. I look like Vice Plenty of practice behind that one. I look one. like Vice Stick around with us. These two are in this form on Extra Time answering your questions. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Chaka Ale. We also have Luis, who's already laughing. And what's up, buddy, Luis? <laughs> I'm still laughing about something that Ali said about the Gareth Bale and his time uh, hitting the golf club before he started. (laughs) 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 See, see, Luis, Luis pretends that he hates me, but he really loves me. Well, let's ask him. Luis, today Ali's suit is for a special reason, and you usually give a grade and tell us how much you like what Ali's wearing or how much you don't like it. What about today? I love it. I love it. That combination. There's watch band, watch, and yeah. watch band is matching his pocket mm. square, matching his oh, stripe on his shoe. I've seen it. Ah. Oh. I've seen hey. it. No, 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 I've seen it. The line on his shoes. No, no, it's perfect. Perfect uh, combination. See? I love it. See, Luis loves me. And now tell us why, Alex. Well, it's uh, in honor of my, the colors of the school that my son committed to play soccer to, and he signed his commitment letter today. Oh. A moment for us to be very oh. proud and uh, we love this guy and we know how much he has put into this. So. Love you, buddy. We're not having Pedri. We're keeping you. We're keeping you, buddy. Uh, you just wait. You just, you just wait till you go off. We're keeping you until you leave for school. <laughs> yeah, in case you missed it, it was once upon a time when Alex said he would swap his eldest son mm. for Pedri, but yes. not anymore. That's right. Yeah, that's, anymore. That's what go Wofford. Wofford Terriers. Division yeah. one soccer. I'm, I'm, we're very proud because this is something that he had worked very hard for. So it's a big moment for him. That's Aww. fantastic. Congratulations, yeah. all of you. Yeah. Jules. I know you're upset about Mbappe missing the first leg, but come on. Two years ago, Bayern played PSG without Lewandowski, Nabry, Goretzka, plus Bayern are missing Mane, Neuer, Hernandez and Masrawi for both legs. I think Bayern are the unlucky ones here. Ooh, well, that's that. I mean, I, yeah, I, I could not care less what Bayern, who Bayern have, who didn't have, who they played 10 years ago, 15 years ago, two years ago, like... I you know, I don't care. Like, it's just a shame that PSG would be without Kylian. Kylian is gutted. As a PSG fan, I'm gutted because we're stronger with him than without him. So, it's a good thing for Bayern. Bayern fans, you know, probably happy or happier that PSG will have to play against them without Mbappe uh, and maybe others too. It's just a shame as well and we go back to the same thing. You want to see those games played with each team with the best starting 11, with the best players. It's rubbish if Lewandowski is not there, Mbappe is not there, Neymar is not there. 
for that reason, you know, all of that, you want to see them facing each other with, with all their best players available, which is not going to be the case again this year. Jews are a little aggressive to I know. Really. <laughs> Who cares? I don't care. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. I don't care. 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 I don't For all, as former players, can you explain why players who score against a former team of theirs always put their hands up like they didn't mean to do it? They should just go high-five their teammates and go back to the halfway for the restart, right, Luis? Uh, I think that is a little bit to show respect. Um, it happened to me, and I didn't celebrate it when I play away. But if I'm at home uh, in my stadium, I score against my former team that it was Atletico de Madrid, and I celebrated because they were the fans that I was uh, with uh, with the team that I was at the moment. So I understand, and normally it's something that uh, you show respect for the fans that they've been supporting you when you play away in the in the in your former team. So, so there are rules. If you're at home, it's okay. If you're away, no go. Let me tell you something. I had no rules whatsoever. Scoring, hey, look, scoring for me <laughs> as a striker uh, came somewhat difficult. So whenever I score, I don't care who I scored against, former team or not. You're gonna get it. You take that, get it, yeah, all of that. Huh? I'm celebrating with him, with her, with everybody. I don't care. And it doesn't bother you if players do or don't. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Look, you're no longer paying my salary. I don't owe anything to you. See you later. In fact, in my case, and I can only speak for myself, in my case, I was either had been traded away or I was left unprotected in an expansion list. So, listen, they didn't want me. I don't want them anymore. So, get it. You've unloading a lot of trauma onto this show, you know. First Jules, now LA. I know, he's been, but you know, he's been kind of all introspective and yeah. hey, well, talking about his, some of his, his deeper, darker issues. Yeah. Well, you know, when your son is about to go off to college, it forces you to say, Good Lord, I'm getting old. Yeah, don't, don't blame your son I for this. I am getting old. Don't blame your son for this. <laughs> At least he's keeping his son now. All right? For now. <laughs> <laughs> Luis, if you were a coach, what type of football would you want your team to play? The Barcelona way, Klopp's direct football, or maybe the way Atleti play under Simeone? Hmm? Um... Yeah, I would love to do Barcelona uh, style, but I don't think that is uh, very available in away from Barcelona. So I will do a mix between what Simeone does and what Jorgens does. I will try to keep my, my team very compact and press, independent of what I got in front, higher on the pitch or lower on the pitch. But that will be my idea. I think the playing the way that Barcelona play is very, very difficult. Yeah, Luis is acting as if he were on the field, he was going to be defending like Simeone would ask him to defend. Are you kidding me? Zero chance Luis was going to defend like that. Jules, what about you if you were a coach? Barca's way, Klopp's direct football, or the way Atleti play under Simeone? No, I agree, I agree with Luis. I think that even if your players are adaptable and they can maybe one day play like the Barca of Pep, it's so hard and you need everything to really fit into the, the puzzle and all of that. I, Simeone style, I don't think the players enjoy it, so that's not for me. So I try to go for something a bit like club in the sense that I want players to, with a lot of movement, with a lot of running, a lot of intensity, trying to recover the ball high and quickly when you lose it. You know, all that kind of stuff. And I think this is also fun, and, and it's fun for your fans, it's fun for everybody. So that'll probably be my preference. To all, if what happened to Ziyech happened to you on transfer day deadline, how would you react for the rest of the season? It wouldn't be pretty. I, 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 it'd be, nah, you'd, you'd kick up a stink all, all season long. That, that, first they, they push you out and then you can't go because of them and their inefficiencies and that's putting it as nice as I can. Um, yeah, I, I, if you're Ziyech, I, 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 I don't see how, how you just kind of accept that. Sure, you, but you can't just sit there and be miserable the rest of the time. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can do that. You can. Yeah, I can. You can be miserable for as long as needed. Jules, Jules what's, the what's the reaction been to that now that we're, now that we're further removed from it? 
Well, I think PSG is still furious, and rightly so. Uh, I think Ziyech is not happy, of course, because he wanted to leave. He didn't really see a future for himself at Chelsea for the second half of this season, and he wanted to go to Paris. He was already in Paris. He's a good pro, so I think once once this is done and it's over, you need to you can't dwell on it really, and you need to put yourself back into focusing on training and doing your best for Chelsea if you get picked. But the way I think a lot of people are struggling, and me included, is that it would it was a good deal for everybody. Chelsea don't, didn't want Ziyech anymore. They tried to sell him last summer. They could have finally got rid of him at least for the second half of the season. Ziyech didn't want to be at Chelsea anymore. He wanted to be in Paris, and PSG were looking for a wide player, and they found. They found it with Ziyech. So everybody was winning. Chelsea, Ziyech and PSG. And now everybody has lost because Chelsea still have a player that they don't want. Ziyech doesn't want to be there. And PSG have missed out on the player that they wanted you know, for the second half of the season. So it's just, I think it's, it's bonkers that whether Chelsea did it on purpose or not, you know, sending the wrong paperwork or forgetting to sign it and then forgetting a second time to sign it. Are you kidding me? Or twice in a row you forget to sign the, the bloody paperwork and then obviously you send it and it's like three, three minutes past midnight and the window closes at midnight and that's it. It's done. I just don't. And, and I, by the way, I don't think it reflects good on Chelsea at all. Feels a bit annoyed there. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since Mbappe got injured, Jules has got, <laughs> little, has got a little edge there. Yeah, a little <laughs> anger, there's a little I'm anger. I'm just explaining yeah. the facts. It's fair enough, Joel. You, so, you explained it great. The bloody papers. No, what? Oh, 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 <laughs> PSG were going to get a player. We, well, ah. See, because, once again, it's because PSG didn't get what they wanted. Uh-huh. I don't care what you say. I don't care about you and you. We didn't get the player we wanted. So, ah, well, dang. You, you know why they didn't get the player? The bloody papers. The bloody papers. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. At their best... Which fullback pairing is better? You just have to imagine the players at the best rather than looking at the games because obviously you're going to hear why. Trent and Robertson or Cancelo and Davies? Mm. Ali, do you have a, a leaning? Well, the problem is Trent Alexander Allen is so bad defensively that it's, it's difficult to choose him. At their best, though. Yeah, well, yeah, but their, their best, when we think of Trent Alexander-Arnold, and his best is serving the ball and being an outlet down the right-hand side, not defending. See, I, I, I'm a responsible coach. Well, okay. I want my team to not only be able to attack, but we got to defend. Okay, just outscore it at the other end when you make those mistakes because of his contribution look, in that I, way. I'm, I'm, look, I'm a responsible coach, right? I'm, I'm with Luis and more Simeone style. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I'm going to take Alfonso Davis and Joao Cancelo. Luis, who would you take? No, I'm going, no, on their best, I'm going uh, for Robertson and, and Trent. Even though that I agree with, uh, with Ali, with that Trent maybe is not the best fullback or is not in, the, in that bunch of football, I will, I will use it anyway. I mean, when two players are on their best, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you... Uh, how many tangles between the two of you and maybe last year I think it was 15 assists assist each I think it's something uh, unbelievable that's something that is going to give you so much so I will help them with our two very good centre backs and that's it great we don't want you to agree in but see there was a softening blow there you know he partially agreed with something I said so I'll take that that's That's always that's always that's nice I like that for Luis can Danny Ceballos eventually become a midfield starter and fill the shoes of Modric oh boy yeah, those are big shoes, but definitely the way I, I think that for Ceballos was about uh, uh, giving something extra. We all knew the quality, we all knew he had his ability when he's on the ball, the creativity, but he was asked for uh, giving that fight, give that battle in the center of the park. And we've seen it in the past uh, three games, and you can see that he's uh, reacting on that. I'm not sure if it's because uh, his contract is ending at the, at the end of this uh, competition, but definitely he's showing uh, that kind character that is needed to play in the middle of the park and that personality that character I mean I think it's a fantastic fantastic player and he showed that he can be a very important player in the middle of uh, Real Madrid uh, midfield now don't let the man bun cloud your judgment here because we know that you're anti-man bun I'm anti-man I'm very anti-man bun if Gareth Bale wins a major golf tournament should he be considered the greatest athlete of all time mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> what? That, mm. No is the short answer to that question. Is that because of the man bun? Well, that too. They're better athletes. There are a number of athletes who played at the highest level of, of multiple sports. But how many have won the Champions League and a golf major? Deion Sanders scored a touchdown or hit a home run in the same week. You can't beat that. Same day. Same day? Yeah. Same day. You can't be that. You, you can't be that. Well, and if we're going to go in terms of athletes and two-sport athletes, there was nobody better than Bo Jackson. Mm-hmm. Now, he had issues with injury, and that cut his career short. But this guy, we're talking about a completely different specimen. Bo Jackson was one of a kind. And it's too bad for us that actually he, his career was cut short, but... When he hit a home run, it wasn't just a home run. That's, this thing was out of the park. And, and when this guy was running with the ball, there was nobody stopping him. And, and let me just say, I've been working on my golf game as well, so I'm not totally out of this conversation. <laughs> is, it be- is it better than your Spanish? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's improving. What, what, the Spanish or the golf? Ask Luis what he thinks. About <laughs> <laughs> your Spanish or your golf? Let me just, just carry on. Carry on, everybody. You see, he's got a great swing. Go on then, go on then, Luis. He's got a great swing. Thanks, Luis. That was the most insincere thing I've ever heard in my life. He's got a great swing. He's got a great swing. If he said it in he wouldn't have understood it. All right. Jules, on this question, if Gareth Bale wins a major golf tournament, should he be considered the greatest athlete of all time? You can end it for us. Um, I mean, I agree with the boys. No, I mean, Bo Jackson, by the way, there's a ESPN 30 for 30 that is fascinating on, on his life, on his career. There's one on Deion Sanders as well, so go and check it out. And, and I tell you, Gareth Bell is not going to win a golf major. Uh, so that ended up, you know, that's, that finishes the, the debate here. <laughs> and, there you go, and some great cross-promotion as yeah. well from Julian Laurent there. All-encompassing, well see? See, see he cross-promotes percent. ESPN, yeah. doesn't cross-promote that's, that's why he gets the big bucks, so Jules. He gets the big bucks, but he just doesn't Angry get any. Jules. Love for Frank LeBuff. Angry Jews will cross promote. Join us tomorrow for more cross promote. <laughs> ESPN FC available daily on ESPN Plus. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 